Welcome to the People Doing Good Podcast. I'm Mariah Volk. And I'm Jerry Robinson. And we're here today at Crossing the Jordan in Santa Rosa. And we're looking forward to speaking with Michael and Sean. And Crossing the Jordan, they have an academy here that offers an 18-month full immersion training academy for men, women, and children who are looking to change their lives for the better. We're talking about addicted, uh, human trafficked, homeless, domestic violence. I'm kind of reading here, I'm sure you can tell. Um, But basically anyone who wants to change, they don't have to be an addict or a victim of domestic violence. They wanna help people improve their lives. And that's what Michael is all about. Um, And we look forward to speaking with him today. Uh, We heard they've been doing some work in Africa as well, um, helping out in small villages, Building a basketball court yeah, how about, for the kids, yeah, bringing uh, building toys. a basketball court, and but buying an orphanage in yeah, Kenya. Yeah, he did to make sure that these kids are fed and clothed and educated and loved. Yeah, it's Michael's story itself is really amazing. You know, I didn't, I wasn't aware he'd been in prison nine times and I don't want to get too into his story because I want him to share it with you today but um, this is a man who turned his life around and is using his time on this planet now to do good things Mm -hmm. in the world and for people and that's what it's all about and to inspire other people to do the same if you're down and out right now doesn't mean it's forever so this is a person who's is giving people a lot of hope it just goes to show you when you get knocked down if you're knocked down and you're on your back if you can look up, you can get up. And Michael has gotten up because he's been on his back, and he has made a difference from Santa Rosa, Sonoma County, Marin County, all the way to Kenya, 9,500-some miles away. That's right. So please kick back, relax, and enjoy our interview with Michael and Sean of Crossing the Jordan. Michael, you tell your story. We Before we began recording, you told us just a little bit that I didn't mm-hmm. know. Jerry does the research. I try not to because then I can just hear it for the yeah. first time. And um, just excited for you to share with our listeners and us how this all began. Can you tell us? Absolutely. From the beginning. Uh, from <laughs> well, I was born in... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. That's fine, too. No, actually, um, I was actually in the trades. I was a cement mason um, up until about 10 years ago and um, went to prison multiple times, nine times actually. And the last seven times in prison, it's funny when I even hear that come out of my mouth, um, I actually started studying neuroscience and uh, psychology. And uh, was blown away at some of the things that, that I'd learned. And I wasn't learning to try to, or I wasn't studying to try to fix somebody else. I was trying to figure out where the confusion in my own life was coming from. Why mm-hmm. why was I doing things that were actually clinically insane? Uh, because I knew I, I knew I was intelligent. I knew what I wanted, but I kept defaulting to something else. And um, I something clicked one day and then a uh, you know I'm out and I'm, I'm still not clear about what I want to do. And um, I'm married uh, to my wonderful wife, Dana, and uh, she got a call one day, and it was a church that actually called our house and asked for help because they knew our past. We Both of us have criminal records and uh, extensive drug history. And a church that we didn't even go to called and said, hey, there's a lady, and she's detoxing from crack. It was actually meth she was coming down from. She had a preemie baby and a little five-year-old boy. 
And the church said, well, she can't stay here and we don't know what to do. And my wife looks at me and says, Michael, what do we do? I said, well, bring her home. Because it, 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 was, it was weird because I didn't even have to think about it. Hey, should I do this? There's a lady or, or what kind of baggage does she have? It was just, it was a no question, bring her home and then let's figure it out from there. And uh, we, we brought her in and I'm like, now what do I do? And uh, it wasn't as simple as like just sending her to a program to help her get off of drugs or anything like that because we had we had an issue of two babies that didn't have a dad and that was actually at the heart of uh, some of the decisions that I made. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to be a good steward of this lady, she can't stay here. Obviously, my house right now is a temporary catalyst to to get her to where she's she's going to be going. So we did some research and we found a place that would take her and the babies and it was long term because what I learned about uh, neuroscience in the brain is that a 90 day program or even a one year program wasn't going to um, create uh, lasting change that somebody needed. It, the recidivism rate in, in America is it's like 96% right now because of the, the short government programs. And uh, anyways, we found a place and it was in another community and it didn't feel right because I'd, I'd been a menace to this community for so long. And I'm like, you know what, this community, we should be taking care of our own, not having another community take care of, of our people. And that was actually really at the core of it. And so Dana and I sat down and we're like, and so the lady stayed with us for two weeks and we built a relationship with her and the kids. And you think about it, so we drop them off at this program, you say goodbye to the, to the children and you, you build a pretty close relationship with them oh, in two yeah, weeks. Sure. And you know she's coming down from drugs, so she's sleeping. So we're we're full time with the babies, and uh, which was totally was, bonded with. Yeah, that it was one. wonderful. It's messy, dirty diapers, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, and then two days later, so we drop her off, and two days later we get another call like that. And so Dana and I were in a Denny's, we're having lunch in Denny's, and we we took out a napkin and we're we're writing down. We're like, hey, you know what? If if we were going to do something, because we both of us knew what what the end result would be like. If we we're gonna draw down the end result and reverse engineer it, what would it do? What would it be like? So that's what we did on a, a napkin in Denny's. You took it backwards. We took it backwards. I love that. And uh, one of the first things were like, hey, you know what, there'd be there'd be early morning fitness. And we're both really excited about this new life that we're drawing on literally on napkins. And uh, And then she says, well, Michael, how would we fund it? I'm like, well, we're both really good at starting businesses. So instead of being a drain on the business community, because so many nonprofits are asking businesses for help or, you know, bless these businesses, they're giving as much as they can. What if we created the businesses that were actually funding it and we weren't being a drain on the community, we're actually benefiting the community. We're going to create some people that are a mindset for the people that would give back. And so... We, um, I found this, I found a place on Craigslist. We're like, hey, you know, let's start a thrift store. Mm-hmm. And so we, I had $500 to my name. And my mentor at the time, he says, he goes, Michael, he goes, that's not a good decision. That's your rent money. He goes, you know what? I don't, I don't think you should gamble like this with your family. But in my heart, it was just, it was something that had, it was like, it was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, then what next month, you know, or, or the month after that? Uh, so this was actually... It was a decision that both my wife and I, Dana, if we did this, it made all of the bad decisions make sense. 
It made everything that we've learned, every every injustice that we've caused or that's been caused us, it, it made sense. Even mm-hmm. if it failed, it made sense at that point. Um, so I found this guy in Craigslist. He had a building, and uh, he wanted like 3000 a month for the building. We toured it, and he says, so do you want it? And I says, here's the deal. I said, I can't sign a lease with you. I've only got $500, right? I have $500. <laughs> But if you, if you give me this place for $500, I can give you a little bit more each month until I'm finally making the 3000 a month payment. And, um, and we're going to save lives with this building. And he gave me the key. He took the $500. So now we have this building and we're broke. <clears throat> so Danny and I are sitting in this building and we're broke. We're like, uh, now what do we do? So I went to, you know, I went to the local paint store, local hardware store. They gave me lines of credit. We painted the place, and I took plumbing parts to build some clothing racks. And Dana and my um, my two youngest children, we put door knockers throughout the neighborhood. We said, "Hey, we're going to be here Monday morning, and here's a bag. Fill this bag with your stuff. We're going to put it in the store, and we're gonna we're gonna save lives." And it was said, "Fill a bag, fill a need." Was what the door knocker said. And so that Monday morning came along, and I got my my two kids, my two youngest kids, and, and my wife in the truck. And all I'm trying to figure out is, okay, how do I console my wife when there's nothing on the sidewalk? Mm-hmm. And that was what was, I'm like, okay, I just, I'm going to hug her, I'm going to hold her, and then figure out what to do after that. And so that was only like five minutes ahead. And when we turned the corner, the whole street on both sides was full of bags. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't fit in the truck. Wow. And then so we, we've got, we, we're putting stuff in, and... Uh, we had prostitutes because the the store, the prostituted ladies, the the store that we had is on the stroll where where a lady would walk and, and sell herself. Mm-hmm. And they started to come in, a couple of them detoxing on a couch that got donated. And they started to help us sort the clothes to hang. A couple of they're they're coming down from drugs. Another lady came from a motel with her kid. I mean, it, it was a lot of work, but just people just started showing up. And we're telling them about this program that we're gonna start, but I don't have this place. So these ladies end up finding a, a friend that they can stay on their floor at night, and they ride the bus into the store, and they're meeting us there every morning, and we're opening up the stores, making like 50 bucks a day, and I'm like, okay, What's happening? How are we gonna pay our rent? Yeah, a yeah. little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. You know, I'm learning, learning the business, learning, learning what to do, and just loving on the ladies, drinking coffee with them, teaching them everything I know. I had a little tiny classroom, and I'd have class with them. Eventually, we ended up getting a house for the ladies to live at, and uh, wrote the curriculum around the ladies. So I didn't have the curriculum, and then we started. I see a lot of a lot of places that start this. They get this big board of executives. They they get all this stuff. I'm like, hey, you're building, you're building a building with a roof first. Just start with people to people, and then, and then go from there. So, I actually wrote the curriculum based on how the ladies responded to it. And then, uh, one of the ladies was in there. She's doing great, and she's got this little baby. And um, the dad of the baby started to come around. And I'm like, okay, I'm all for, in a culture where dads are leaving, I'm all for helping a dad be a dad. And uh, 
but I don't know what to do because I have a women's program. And so I sit down with him, and, and so my heart was for the lady. Her name's Fallon. My heart was for her, and if I'm like, man, if I'm going to be a good steward of this lady, because it's obvious that she wants to be with him, and he doesn't have the tools to, to lead her or be a dad. So if my heart was to really bring lasting change for her, I would actually teach him how to be a man and a dad and a husband. So I sat down with him, and I said, hey, if I had a men's program, and I brought you in, and built the same foundation under you as under her, and then graduated you guys together, and then you got married, would you be interested in something like that? And he says, yeah. So he, uh, the next week I, I got the men's program. I, I got the men's house and, and started bringing men in. And uh, Fallon's, Fallon's an executive assistant right down, the, right down the way. They ended up getting married, and um, one of the coolest things is when it was time to get married, she asked me to walk her down the aisle. Oh, wow, that's touching. Yeah. Pretty neat. So it seems to me, hearing you talk about it, that I think we talked about this, Sean, when I met with you last, how these things were wanting and needing to happen. You were just there to receive the message yeah. and um, act, right? Is that how it felt? You know, it's funny you say that. Yeah, an invitation, because there, there, without a doubt, there was an invitation. In retrospect, I could see it very clearly. Um, moving forward, it just seemed like a whole lot of resistance. However, there was a hunger on my heart, like an insatiable hunger, that I had to do that. Even some of the decisions that I made in that, in those times, like with the $500, I mean, who in their right mind would actually take the rent money that, you know, would go in their family to invest in, in something else like that? But in retrospect it's like yeah that's that's the decision so yeah and that the landlord who took a chance on you and gave you mm -hmm. that opportunity had he said no who knows what would have happened so he's our number one real estate investor today we've I was gonna ask you we've done quite a few <laughs> real estate deals since then so now you're somewhat <laughs> equals you know no, Not he's, you yeah, he's, still, then, he's still a mentor yeah that's okay. really neat yeah, do you want to shout him out William Severi, actually okay. North Bay Property Advisors. He he did take a chance, and uh, the cool thing is, is that um, he owns the note on our, our big women's house. Uh, so we have a huge women's place, the women and children's home with uh, playgrounds and grass, and it's just it's it's an oasis, is what it is. And and when it came time to buy that, I mean, I had no capital or anything like that and because we had built a relationship and he had seen what's happening I told him I said hey I have this opportunity and uh, she's I think we owned it a week later wow. where's that at where's it located the Acacia house it's actually in Rankin Valley Rankin Valley okay, okay. No, all right that. it's okay. at the end of a dead end street right and um, you know I've taken ladies there when we interview ladies and we take them there quite a few times we'll take them into the house and they'll just start crying they just they, oh. I'll watch their shoulders drop and they start crying almost like not like the battle's over but at least they can rest yeah a little bit um and what we did it was it was really cool Dan and I we created we wanted to create a home not an institution we don't want to create a temporary institution because then people can't wait for a release date but in a home where your guard could be down then change can happen so these these and it's really cool to watch a an academy member uh, come in and they refer to it as home. Mm -hmm. And that's like cool. That's touchy. Success, yeah. We hope you're enjoying our interview with Crossing the Jordan and wanted to take a quick 
thank you break to once again thank Terra Firma Global Partners for being a part of our team and being an amazing supportive sponsor. Thank you Terra Firma. Thank you. We have Sean here too and I wanted to give you an opportunity to share with us how you got involved. Yeah um, so I, I came in late into this game um, and it was it was interesting because I got a call um, from or I got an email I think from Michael's wife Dana the co-founder and uh, it was just about marketing like we're interested in Facebook advertising and funnels building marketing funnels and so I just came for a meeting with a potential client and I heard her side of this story and my jaw about hit the floor and we were looking at each other like she's like I can't believe you're in San Rosa doing what you do and I'm like I can't believe you're in San Rosa doing what you do and we don't know each other mm-hmm. and she's like I know right and it was just like this feeling and then Michael walks in the room and I meet him and I see their hearts and I just I was like this is not like anything I've ever experienced this is not like any organization I've ever met and I could just feel it I couldn't put words to it at that point but I felt like I just got on a train and I didn't know where I was going but it was somewhere way better than where I was I've worked out of my home for the better part of, out of 32 years, probably 25, 26, and it's pretty cush, it's cool, I get to be near my kids, and be a dad that's really close, but a lot of kids are older now, I have four teenagers and seven-year-olds, so um, I lacked community, and I lacked people connection in that environment, it was a little bit of an orphan heart, you know, going on, and and Dana's like, she said to me, I believe during, no, she did during that meeting, she said, we're going to make you an offer you can't refuse, because we want you in this building with us. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, good luck. I'm like, good luck. I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I moved in about two weeks later. Wow. Um, and I just felt called to it. It's really hard to, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to attempt to use logical assessment on this because it was purely my heart. I felt guided to do it. I felt that a way was being paved, a door was being open, and an invitation was being sent. And I continued to accept that invitation and know that I, I just everything was just clicking and feeling right and good. And my life now had purpose, and my business life and my, and my personal life had purpose because I was so, I am to this day, so inspired by the work that Michael and Dana are doing. They are huge mentors for me. I don't have many people that I consider mentors, honestly. I only have a few. And these guys are two of them. And they are mentors of the heart and of faith and of spirit and of service. And, uh, you know, I try to, try to they're, they're sort of my North Star, right? <laughs> With it. Yeah. Um, and I watch it and they walk the walk and they truly have massive capacity in their hearts. So they give me hope for humanity. Like, that's not an understatement. I love I mean, that's that. not an overstatement, I should say. That is an understatement. Well, anyway, so my wife and I are having lunch with Michael on the board in the conference room one day. Well, actually, let me rewind a little bit. So I see Michael taking off for a few days at a time. Like, where's Michael? Oh, he's gone. He's a, and then all of a sudden, it's Michael's in Africa. I'm like, what? Why is Michael in Africa? What's that about? <laughs> and um, so one, one day, I catch him in the hallway, and his, he's bleary-eyed. I mean, he's got red, like, red eye. They call it a red eye for a reason. He's got the red eye. And he's like, oh, I was in Africa for like four days. And I'm like, what are you doing over there? And he, t- he tells me this story that I'm actually going to let him tell that part of the story because uh, he's going to tell it a lot better than me. I'm glad you brought that out. That's so, you know, I, t- I teach classes and just say, hey, if, if you can imagine it, you can do it. So what do you guys want to do? Let's do it. And uh, I was down, I was teaching class, and it was I had the whole program. And I said, hey, guys, I said, what? I have an idea. Let's... Um, Let's go start a business in Nairobi, and let's um, let's create an orphanage over there. And then 
you guys, when you get to a certain part of the program, you can go serve at the orphanage for a couple of weeks and then come back and you can see how the rest of the world lives and then you can enter into your, the beginning of your life from a posture of gratitude, understanding how the world lives. Would you be interested in this? And they're like, yeah. And I said, okay. So I got a ticket to Nairobi and I went there and I'm, I'm really confident about my ability to start businesses from nothing, find out somebody's need. Because uh, I failed at so many other businesses, I'm like, what's another failure? And uh, and I and I'm involved in worldwide uh, textile exporting anyway, so it's really nothing to land in a third world country and sell used clothes. So I went over there. I met some met some guys, and uh, they said, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "Well, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna start a, a children's home, and uh, we'll export clothes and shoes over to you guys to pay for it." And they said, do you want to go see a children's home? And I said, yeah. They said, you can see what it looks like. I said, cool. So they took me over to this place, and it was, man, it was really cool. We drove in, and I made sure I had some candy for the kids and sat down with the kids and met the kids. And they said, hey, um, when are you coming back? I said, I'll come back tomorrow. They said, do you promise? And they looked at me. They said, do you promise you'll come back tomorrow? And I said, yeah. So I canceled my business meetings for the next day and made sure that I, I didn't want to break my word mm -hmm. to the kids in case something bad happened so I just showed up and spent some time with them and I, I told the guys I left I told the guys I said hey I want this place the guys I was doing business with and they laughed they said you can't have this place Michael I said no I said you, you don't understand this is the place <laughs> I want they said you can't have this place and so I left I came back but I couldn't stop thinking about the kids they're, they're just their their eyes their souls were burned into my heart I mean I woke up I'm thinking about them and I remember I took a play, I took a picture of the outside of the children's home, and it, it had a it had a sign on it. So I zoomed in on it, and there was a number. So I called the number, and I said, "Hey, I need to talk to the owner." And they said, "Well, she's not here." I said, "Well, where is she?" They said, "She's in California." <laughs> and so I'm I'm sitting there. I'm like, "Well, I'm in California." And a half hour later, my phone rings, and it's the lady, and she said, "You you're trying to get a hold of me?" It's an African lady, really thick accent. She says, "Why?" Why are you looking for me? I said, hey, I was with your kids the other day. She goes, oh, I heard about you. She said, what do you want? I said, well, ma'am, I don't mean to be so bold, but I want the children's home. And she starts screaming, yes, yes. She goes, God told me somebody would come. And so she says, let's meet next week. You can meet my sons. She says, I'm here because my kidneys are failing. And uh, so we had, a, we had a meeting scheduled for Tuesday. And so it's a, it's a Wednesday right now. And every day she's calling me, she's talking to me. She's asking me about the kids. She's asking me about me. And so I, I, um, I have some African friends from Nairobi. And I had them over here. I said, hey, talk to this lady and really ease her mind and tell her what kind of, lady, what kind of guy I am. And so they're, they're, they said, hey, we're, we're a street kid and we do business with this guy. He's the real deal. So she's getting really excited. And then on a Saturday morning, this next Saturday morning, one of the, uh, the lady's sons called me and said, Hey, Michael, my mom died last night. And my heart, my heart dropped. And I'm like, they said, but we still need to meet you because she couldn't stop talking about you. Hmm. And uh, I'm like, man, this is kind of weird. I'm, you know, the lady died, the family's grieving, and I'm going to try to take this home. And so they said, show up, we, we need to meet you. So the whole family's in the house. And I, I walk into the house and they just start talking. I said, listen, 
I know that your mom just died, and I, I don't want to be insensitive. I, I don't understand how, you know, because I'm dealing with another culture, too, and I don't want to be totally rude and disrespectful. And uh, they said, no, let's let's talk. And so I'm talking to them, and uh, they're, they're like, they're really stone-faced. They're, they're holding their cards really close to their chest, and I'm confused about what's going on. Finally, I get up, and I said, hey, if you, if you ever want to know if I'll take good care of these kids, here's the address of my business, and you can stop by unannounced and see the employees and see the kind of culture that I created. They showed up the next day. They came here. They're sitting in this office, and they're, they, they, they have a different spirit about them. They're invitation. They're welcoming. There's five of them. And they said, um, Michael, if this was your place, what would you do? And so I had the board, I'm drawn. I said, I'd draw, I'd have a soccer field. I go, you guys call it football. I said, we'd, <laughs> would there be a fire pit right here? We'd have, you know, fire nights and stuff like that. We'd, we'd, we'd teach the kids how to be leaders mm -hmm. and, and, and create business so that they're not dependent on a first world country that they can make their own because they have that opportunity. I said, something happens when you guys get into adults because the kids want to be doctors and lawyers and pilots. And they would get in an adult. They just they're driving a broken down car, living in a broken down house. So I said, I want to, I don't want that to happen. And so um, I'm CEO of that place now. The place belongs across in the Jordan, and uh, we are starting farming over there. I have 15 acres that the Maasai people gave me, or gave us, and uh, we're going to start harvesting tomatoes. As a matter of fact, two o'clock this morning, the tomato company that wants to buy the tomatoes texted me and said, "Hey, can we meet?" So I'm sending the staff over there. We wow. have 67 children over there, oh, and awesome. um, we take the first trip of people from here September 15th. And the the cool thing is, so the the, the program they're they're not even graduated yet. So um, I was just before you guys got here, I was looking up the tickets, and uh, we're going to take them. They, it's, it's a requirement to graduate this program to have your passport, just to have everything in case you ever want to do anything. So they have their passports. I'm taking uh, six of them. And uh, they've never, I don't, some of them haven't even been out of California before. So we're going to go over to uh, Nairobi cool. for, <laughs> for a week and a half. It's quite a first trip, you know. So I hear that story, and uh, you can probably imagine how the effect that had on me. Like my jaw dropped the first time I heard about crossing the Jordan. Now I was like, this guy is, like, his heart is huge. Mm -hmm. um, and so he invited me to, he said, hey, I'm, I'm going back over to Nairobi again for my third, I think it was his third trip or something. He's like, uh, he goes, do you want to come? And, and I thought, you know, kids, work, clients, craziness, that makes no sense. But I said, yes, Michael, I do, <laughs> without hesitation, because I felt that was the invitation from him and, um, and from a higher power to, to walk another journey, walk another leg of my journey. And I had a hunger on my heart for all of those things. And, um, and it, anyway, so no logical thought, I just said yes, and um, got a plane ticket. And, uh, and then I did what I thought was the craziest thing, which is I invited my son, because he was, Michael's bringing his son. Yeah, we both took our sons. Mm, good. And how old are Zach. the sons? So Zach is 17, almost 18. Mine's 14. Okay. Um, and so I thought, no way is he going with me. No way will he say yes based on where he's at. He's all about his friends and his girlfriend and everything. And, and uh, he tells my wife while I'm like across the street with a seven-year-old to park. And he's like, yeah, tell, tell daddy I'm going to go. Because <laughs> he, he wasn't going to tell me directly. He's going to say it through. <laughs> Teenagers. And uh, I was like, wow. So, um, and he, 
had the most to gain, I think, of anybody of the two of us. Um, I had a lot to gain, but Zach, it was, that for him, was going to be something really, really significant. So he, we went, and um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, everything Michael said, I just smiled because, you know, those kids, they just, I can picture all their faces right now. Um, and uh, it was this crazy trip where we were trying to find a basketball net. <laughs> we, we had to go to a store in downtown Nairobi to buy the basketball net, negotiate price, bring it back. Michael's getting pulled in 15 different directions because he's trying to secure farmland and take care. You know, it's like dad's in town and they haven't seen dad for months. I mean, he's like the father to uh, all, all these kids and, and, uh, and, and some of the, the people on the administration side too. So he's getting pulled in 15 different directions and because and he was like, hey, we're gonna go build, build this basketball court, which is what I told my son. But once he gets there, he's too, he's super busy. I'm like, how's this basketball court? I don't even know where I am. I'm in the middle of Nairobi. I don't even, like, I don't know anybody. I don't know anything about it. But but Michael trusted me to just make it happen. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, I'm gonna figure this out. So we ended up going to this, this guy who was a local, like, um, a carpenter he had a lathe and we got this wood built and anyway it was this like have you ever read that story of like when you're a little kid about making the pancakes and you go in the f field to mill the wheat mm -hmm. and then you bring it back and you do all the little steps to make the pancakes that's how yeah. I felt and it was really really uh, difficult but we got it done just as the sun was setting we had that basketball net up and then we got to teach him how to play basketball because they didn't <laughs> know and it was it was amazing um, well, you said you did a little right? clinic, right? Yeah, Give yeah, them a basketball little, clinic. Little, mm -hmm. clinic. Love it. But you have to understand, when we talk about a basketball court, we're talking about kids, 67 children, that have like a chessboard and two about-to-pop soccer balls to play with. Okay, there isn't anything else. There's, there's nothing. It's dirt. Um, so this is transformative. And we're getting to be part of this. So the gift was on us. Mm -hmm. Like the gifts mm -hmm. are all to us. Yeah. To be part of that. Like I'll never forget that as long as I live. That's one of the, my top three moments in my life now. That whole experience. Um, and so uh, they grow on you. Um, th th those kids, like uh, leaving them, we were there for five days. Leaving them was was beyond difficult. Um, I just I felt this mix of uh, just sadness and guilt and, and all that. But before I left, we talked. And by the way, the whole time we were there, like. Each of us, uh, I mean, Michael always has this, but Jake and Zach and I all had at least three to five, sometimes six or more kids <laughs> connected with us physically. They like the time. touch, the yeah. human touch, though. Mm -hmm. They love touch. And, and they're holding on to your mm -hmm. elbow, and they're holding on your, or they're splitting your fingers so they can hold on to different yep. ones. And it's not weird. It's so charming. Yep. It's just it's so genuine. Beautiful. They're just, and when they're talking to you, there is no cell phone going off. No. There's no, it's just pure communication. And They're singing songs to you too. Those so the five or six of the girls will sit down and sing a song to you, and their their yeah. souls are so pure that they'll stare, they'll lock eyes with you, mm -hmm. yeah. and just stare in your eyes while they're singing songs. It's yeah. That's amazing. The, the second day I was there, they're like, okay, we want you to sing your, your uh, national anthem. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not much of a singer. <laughs> like, oh, please. I, I'm not going to deny them, right? So I sing it. You know, two notes I couldn't hit, at least a few. And then they sang the, the Kenyan national anthem. And I have all that on video, too. Not my part, their part. <laughs> but, so uh, could we include your national anthem in our uh, Yeah, I don't want to turn away your, your <laughs> Could you do it now? No. <laughs> 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 I want you guys to hold your no subscriber. No pressure, numbers. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just it was just amazing uh, on every level, and um, you know, really looking forward to going back. Um, it was funny because, uh, well, so one of the things I said to the kids, I'm like, what? I said to the girls, I said, what, what do you want to play with? Like, the boys are playing with the chess set. The girls don't seem to be as much into that. I'm like, if you could have anything, what would you want? And, and 
they're like Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and one of the kids on a separate conversation was like, he, his whole world is his pair of Crocs. He has his pair of Crocs and mm-hmm. he loves his Crocs. But they have a hole about that big. It's probably the size of almost a baseball on the bottom. He's like, I would love if I could get a new pair of Crocs. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's his one pair of shoes, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, all right we're going to get you some Crocs. Um, and so as far as the girls, I'm, I'm on the plane on the way back. And I'm, and first of all, I cried for two hours like a baby on the way back. I could overcome with emotion out of nowhere. I don't know, just, uh, and I can't put words on it, but just that uh, I think the whole experience just hit me all, all at once on the plane on the way back. And, uh, and then just realizing I wasn't going to get to see them tomorrow, right? And so uh, we went. Um, oh, so anyway, I come back and I'm thinking, it doesn't make sense to get these beautiful black girls, these white dolls. Like a white I wasn't Barbie even. Doll. I wasn't even thinking that. <laughs> I, when he mm. told me that, he's like, Michael, you know, the dolls have to be black. It never even because cons- mm-hmm. I was just going to buy a bunch of Barbie dolls. Yeah. Right. It's just you know, it's a toy, and it's become <clears throat> now it's almost like a, what is it called uh, eponymous, right? It's just like the Barbie dolls, the the doll. But I was thinking, how, and but anyway, I was like, I don't know. Are there like are there a lot of black dolls out there? I don't know. So anyway, I get back and I go. I'm on Facebook, just whatever, looking in my newsfeed, and this news story comes up, and it says, um, it's like this new company based on a woman in South Africa uh, decided that they want dolls that represent better the you know African uh, culture and you know, celebrate the hair and the skin and all. But it's just this news thing, and I'm watching it, going, those are the dolls, those are the dolls. It's founded by a South African woman. So I, I, I was like, I got back, and like a week later, I. I woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, it was like four in the morning or so, and and I felt like I was getting a message like, "Hey, you said you were gonna reach out to that lady about the dolls," because I kind of promised myself I would do that, and then I didn't do it. And then that morning, I sent an email, and within two hours, I had a reply from the owner of the company, saying, "Where can I send the dolls?" That's great. And those dolls are on their way right now. I have a DHL uh, tracking number. You do? They're okay. They're on their way here right now. Okay. Yeah. And so she sent the dolls, and and then um, Mariah, who is across the table from me right now, yes. I mentioned this story, and I said, you know, I was talking about the shoes, and she's like, well, I just happen to have a shipping container full of shoes, and I'd be happy to donate those. So God bless you, and thank you so much. Of course. And those shoes uh, we now have, and are going to be bringing over, I think, in, uh, in September. Yeah, what we'll do is because it costs so much to send stuff over there, so each person is going to take a um, a checked bag. Mm. I, I probably have some more shoes for you. Um, and <clears throat> it, did you get the Crocs yet? Because if you didn't, shoes for kids would love to get them. I was actually out of town visiting family when uh, Crossing Jordan went over to get them. So, I, I, but I did not get them anywhere else. So no, I don't have the Crocs yet. Okay, let us get the Crocs. Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, you're awesome. That's amazing. Not a problem. Uh, I, I the, the, this boy is going to be beside himself. What color? Me. Do you remember what color he they were? He had white ones, but I don't okay. think he. Would that okay. they, the I, color, I saw some boys know. wearing pink ones, and then the color, they, they don't, yeah, they, they, they look multicolored. They look like oh, something bright. Everything. Okay, we'll yeah. find a bright. Yeah, the boys, I brought pink socks for the girls because Michael's like, I'm like, what well, can I bring pink these guys? Ankle socks, yeah. yeah, he said, bring pink ankle socks. So I bring these, and the boys are in line too. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> so I didn't bring quite enough for you, anyways. So oh, that's funny. Next time, I'm gonna bring something for, for everybody. So, um. Yeah. um let me ask you guys now currently michael where you're at this point now how how long ago did this begin where are we in the journey years wise so 2011 okay. uh was the was when the, we kicked we kicked it off so and you're ne- eight eight years in yeah eight years in and you know there's times you know on the front side where it's like man things are moving so slow 
you know, occasionally I'll get a gift of somebody touring the place. And that's actually some of the biggest gifts I've ever received is when, when I get to see this through the lens of a stranger and go, oh, it's really not working slow. It's really moving at light speed. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. And currently, do you have anything new going on? Because you seem like the kind of guy who always has something new going yeah, on. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I had, um, I had a couple guys to say, hey, Michael, we want to start a tree company. Oh. And so I, I just took my contractor's test a couple of weeks ago, and I'll have the tree licensed in a couple of days. And quite a few big jobs waiting for that license to kick off and these guys we went and got all the equipment so the guys are just totally stoked about these big trees and stuff. going into the tree business yeah well, okay. so michael i'm gonna <laughs> give some testimony here for him on this so he, you know one of the amazing things and the unique aspects of crossing jordan of which there are many and not the least of which is that they have about an 80 percent success rate uh, in terms of non-recidivism versus the eight percent industry average so that alone is pretty impressive. But they also take their program graduates and put them to work and give them uh, work skills and let them actually, if, if they want to go that far, um, they, they let them go as far as they want and they can work within the program. And Michael will literally say to somebody, what did you do before? What skills do you have? Where's your heart? And then he'll start a business around it if he thinks that there's a business to be had there and put that person in charge of it or in, you know, in, under the employment of it. And that is so incredibly empowering. And so it's really not just about these guys and what they're thinking and wanting and doing, but truly an expression of the collective body here. Mm -hmm. And um, that really impressed me too. Plus, Michael being a true entrepreneur, a fearless entrepreneur, probably the most fearless entrepreneur I know, we can also take a business like a moving and storage business and get it to $100,000 a month in two months, which mm -hmm. is a little bit, that's pretty unique as well. It's amazing. Well, on a deeper level, what we're trying to do with our podcast and the reason we're here with you today is we we find such a great need right now in our society to spread more positivity and highlight things that people are doing that are positive because there is so much positive going on. And I'm just grateful to be here with you today and hear your story. And um, every time we interview someone, Jerry, it's always, it's a, everything, every time it's different. But every time it touches me in the same way and hearing you guys talk about how it makes you feel to give, that you're getting the gift, you know, we know that feeling because of our, our Shoes for Kids organization and we get the same. It's a rush. It's like a, it's like a high feeling of just goodness. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it is. And also, I'm listening to Michael and it's like, I'm getting motivated to do something that maybe I've been wanting to do but might have been afraid to do or just you're very uh, inspiring in this whole thing and I'm like I'm getting fired up over here and it's, it's great to be here it really is I mean you're doing once again I'm benefiting from this you know you've been benefiting a lot of people and I'm just telling this whole thing right now I've, I'm, I'm fired up and I'm ready to do some things well I've already done one I went hiking okay now that's <laughs> that's another story about my people his first hike yeah ever. yeah and you're and, and you're a pilot I'm like hmm I've always made I've always made jokes or, or laughed or made comments about people jumping out of a perfectly flying airplane we you do know? that in this program it's in the curriculum you have can you bring uh -huh. Jerry with you absolutely well I thought about that I'm listening next to month. <laughs> Sign them up. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, yeah, it's like you, you, it feels like you take people's fears and you help them overcome those, those fears. And, you know, there's some things that have been inside of me for a long time and just and starting to come out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about jumping out of a plane, a perfectly flying airplane, you know, and 
You know, I don't know about the bungee jumping part of it yet. You know, by bungee jumping out of a, a, a hot air balloon like your wife did. <laughs> you know, backwards. <laughs> backwards. Yeah. Oh my God! But this is great, though. This is this is uh, inspiring to me, and I thank you guys so much for being here. I mean, for allowing us to to. Uh, Share with our listeners yeah. what you do, and, and we'll make sure that in our show notes we include links to Great. your organization yeah. and anything you've got new going on fundraising-wise or whatever. We are, are, If our listeners can help in any way or donating, I think, is it always helpful. Definitely, and one of the things that we're doing now that we've taken over the website and we're going to make some changes is getting some specificity around like where money, because people always have questions, like where, where does my money go or does it go to the right place? And we're going to maybe do something where we have actually the things that we're buying so that you can purchase one of those things. So your money goes directly to that, yeah. like as an option. You know, you can generally donate, but you can also know that you bought those shoes or that game or that whatever. You're talking about is. door when you said it's like, hey, I want to buy, I want to buy door for that one right there. Yeah. 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 Right. And people donors I found with shoes for kids they love the specific stories, you know, and when I share on our Facebook page, for example, this is Joey, you know, he's nine years old, his dad's in jail, his mom's in rehab, these are his shoes, you know, and you show a picture and, and I get more um, help and interest in helping when I, when we get specific like that. Yeah, and People want to know who they're helping. Yeah, I think that's missing from a lot of charitable work and organizations is that specificity because it's all about it's all about people, right? Yeah. It's all about stories and it's all about how what kind of change is actually happening. And when you get to be honored and blessed enough to be able to be the agent of that change, mm-hmm. it's nice to be able to get what feeds your heart back is to know where the change happens. Right. right? You know, and it's it's. Um, you described it earlier. I couldn't do better than that description. It just it fills you in a way that can't be described. But, but truly, I think, is a missing piece in all of our hearts when we don't have it. I, I truly believe that. Giving. So, listeners, more giving. And thanks again, Michael and Sean, for everything that you're doing. And we'll spread the good word as much as we can. Thank you, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed our interview with uh, Michael and Sean of Crossing the Jordan. These are remarkable people who are really out there doing good and you know that's what we're all about and we're just grateful they sat down with us to share their story and please feel free to check them out online find out more about what they do you know you um listening might know someone who is suffering from addiction of some kind or might need some rehabilitation in their life in some way and crossing the jordan can help we have a couple more thank yous uh shout out to Nancy Dempster. So if you've seen our logo, it's a heart with two hands holding the heart. And Nancy's a friend of mine. And when I had the idea for the podcast originally, I I knew she was a beautiful artist. And I said, hey, could you draw up a sketch? I have this idea of a heart and two hands. And she came to me a few days later with this sketch. And she said, well, this is my initial idea for the logo. And I said, done like don't do anything else to it i like the rough sketch and so nancy dempster if you google her nancy dempster artist uh, and we'll add a uh, link in the show notes you can check out more of her artwork amazing beautiful beautiful artwork and and we thank you nancy for creating our logo yeah nancy thank you very much hon i love it because it kind of jumps right out at just your heart and you got the hands wrapped around your heart so that's what this is all about we yes we're grateful and uh, another Thank you to Terraforma Global Partners. We couldn't do this without amazing sponsors like you. And thanks again, Terraforma. Anyone else interested, if you're listening and you want to be a part of this movement we're trying to create to uh, spread positive, positive news, then 
send us an email people doing good podcast at gmail.com we'll get back to you anyone who wants to jump on board this what do we call it the positivity train yeah, yeah right. exactly what it is. We're forward. yeah we're moving forward with more positive news, I gotta say on another note real quick, this past weekend, I made the mistake of reading the news and watching the news. And I'm so, it reminded me of why we're doing this. There was just so much negativity being thrown around out there. And we don't wanna get into the politics of anything, but I had a huge reminder of why we created this podcast. And we want to share with you good stories of good people because the world is full of them. And let's focus on them. Let's focus on that and the positive things. Right, Jer? You're absolutely right. Not going into detail, but everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. So thanks again for listening to the People Doing Good podcast. We've got more and more listeners. I know we say this every time, but keep listening and sharing and liking. Please. We're spreading the good news. If you're listening right now and you like this... Thank you, and share it. Let's just get this moving. And it already is. It's moving fast. We're grateful for all of you for listening. Thanks again for listening to the People Doing Good Podcast. The Feel Good Podcast. That's right. Till next time. People Doing Good podcast is brought to you by Shoes for Kids. For more info, visit shoesforkids.com. It is created and hosted by Mariah Volk and Jerry Robinson. Produced and edited by Charlene Goto of Goto Productions. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast media. Follow on social media at One Good Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com. 